You are now tuned into FNL Radio. Run for cover. You are now rocking with Doc and Monique on Offenau Radio. It's just the way the game is played is best that you just wait. Your wait is over. The wait is over. The wait is over, the wait is over The wait is over, the wait is over The wait is over, the wait is over I pitch with a grenade Swing away if you're feeling brave There's so much power in my name If you pop up and you say it steady I'm gonna do the wave I'm such a, such a lady You don't have to be so afraid Right, the wait is over, everybody. Welcome to another episode of FNL Radio. It's your boy Doc Kometual. Now, I know it's been a while since I've done a show since the season premiere of season 14 in November, but I am back, everyone, with a new episode. It's your boy Doc Kometual. Again, you can check me out on Instagram at mr underscore doc, Twitter mrdoc, TikTok the Doc Report. And of course, I have to thank you all for your continuous support of listening to the Doc Report and FNL Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Pandora, now we're on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. And so I thank you all for listening to the show, even though we haven't done episodes in a long time, I do appreciate you all for listening to the shows and still supporting the show with me and Monique with FNL Radio. Monique and I actually still talk every day. But, you know, she's busy getting another bag and stuff like that. And she's actually um, getting another certification in what she's doing at her um, regular life job, if you will. So we've been talking about doing a show here and there. But we will come back and do a show together one day, everybody. But for now, I'm going to be holding down the fourth solo. I might be having some guests come on the show as well. But another thing, too, the Doctor Podcast, I did a recent episode in December. So I have a new episode of the Doctor Report Podcast coming very soon as well, people. So be on the lookout for that one. But let's get into what this episode is going to be about. I have been meaning to do this episode for a minute now, but I'm finally doing it now because it just all happens to fall in perfect timing. So Rihanna performed at the Super Bowl last week. It was the Rihanna Fenty Bowl. It was the Fenty Beauty Bowl, the Savage S Fenty Bowl. Everything. It was everything, pretty much. Like it was her performance, her halftime show performance presented by Apple Music and Rock Nation was everything. Like from the Simplistic of the stage, the platform, the risers, the set list, 
in those 13 minutes like this one you know she has a lengthy discography for one like she really has the hits and she can perform everything so i'm going to get my review on that later on in the show the full my whole breakdown of it and everything like that but we also had another reveal too baby bump baby bump number two and so performing doing the damn thing and i was just like okay rhonda really did the damn thing like i was nervous because we haven't seen a rhonda, rhonda performance in like seven years so i was nervous just to see like what's going to happen how she's going to perform but she did amazing not so amazing was my philadelphia eagles that they played a good game but you know it's like that damn last second Ugh. but anywho rihanna did amazing and also it's her 35th birthday so it all ties in perfectly to do this episode of fnl radio to pretty much give rihanna her flowers so on this episode i'm going to be going down the journey of rihanna and how pretty much she is who she is today even though she's been taking her break and you know being an avon lady and stuff like that and doing doing the mary Kay thing it's cool like she's doing there she she don't even have to do music anymore i've as around the navy i have come to the conclusion that it's okay she doesn't do music anymore as bad as it hurts to say that i realized that you know what she's happy now she's a mother she has asap rocky and she's about to be have baby fenty number two then she's gonna have the baby fenty wear coming soon and everything so you know what she's getting the bag in other places that's way bigger than music because let's be honest music ain't even paying like it used to so that's why everyone has to go outside their scope to do other things not dealing with music even though music ties in with it but the bag is bigger on the other side of music right now but at the same time i would be lying if i was not anxious for this new rihanna album now she did the british vogue magazine cover shoot with baby fenty number one and asa rocky and she said that a new album is coming soon and she said she had to release it this year that's why her trust issues to this day rihanna Robin Fenty, you've been saying this for years now, and that's why I have mad trust issues when someone tells me something. But damn it, I'm gonna believe you this time. I don't know why something's telling me to believe it, but I wear the clown makeup later on if I have to. And while they have lifted me up on the radio right now, it's still not the same. But without further ado, let me get into this episode, and I'm gonna take it back to the very beginning of the journey, summer 2005. And I remember I was sitting in the car, and this is how I always remember certain artists that I still fucks with to this day, where I'm like, okay. I know I was when I first heard their first single. I know I was when I first heard them, blah, blah, blah. So I remember I was in Virginia Beach. I was 15 years old, just turned 15 that April. So this is around May. And I remember I was sitting in the car and um, my mom had went to the bank. And I was sitting in the car listening to the radio. And I turned to, it's a station here in the 757 called Z104. And they played this artist and it was this new song. And, and like a little groove to it and it was one of those things where you're just like okay this might be a little one hit wonder type of situation but I love who who doesn't love a good one hit wonder and so I was like oh this one of them good one hit wonders here and I listened to this you know Caribbean girl on the radio with this little Caribbean beat and everything talking about Ponder Replay and I was like okay alright this sounds good this really sounds good okay
And so when the song goes off, I'm like, all right, I wonder who this is. Who is this artist? What's her story? And I don't even think they mentioned her name on the radio because, you know, they go right into another song. And so there's no Shazam at this time. There's, you know, you got to record the song on the radio. This is still record on a cassette or you got a digital recorder. Record that shit real fast and then try to figure out what the song is somewhere down the road. And then it just so happened probably like a couple of days later. So I used to be uh, part of this thing called Tremor. And Tremor was this program where a lot of teenagers were able to be the tastemakers, if you will. They were, you know, Tremor would send stuff out to teenagers to get them to say, hey, do y'all rock with this? Is this cool? Is this whatever? And they would send out CDs with new artists that would be on these discs. And these new artists, you would have to, you know, basically say yeah or nay. They would give you a link to go to, to review and say, you like this song, you like you don't like this song, blah, blah, blah. Or it's a, pro, it's a product, whatever. And so Rihanna was on there, on the Tremor CD, and it was Ponder Replay. And it was, the other song that was on there too was... I think it was Let Me was on there too. And so listen to the music and stuff like that. I was like, oh, she, she's dope. Okay, I, I like her. She's not just, you know, uh, probably won't just be a one-hit wonder. But at that time, this is 2005, you got to remember, there was a lot of one-hit wonders around that time. There was, you know, there was an artist named Natalie who had Going Crazy. There was a few other artists, Luma D and stuff. So you never know who was going to be okay. They got this one song. It's going really good. Pond Replay ended up picking up number two on the Billboard Hot 100, but it was still like, okay, is this the only hit? And then we fast forward to when the album came out that August. And remember, she was on this whole wave where it was her, Tierra Marie, and Neo. They were like the three new people at Def Jam, but Tierra Marie was the only one that was signed to Rockefeller and Def Jam, whereas Neo and Rihanna was both on Def Jam solely. And so... That, you know, Jay-Z was the president at the time. He had these three artists he was showcasing. MTV News did a um, review on them, a showcase on them. And it was always looked like Tierra Marie was going to be the one that was going to be the standout one. And even L.A. Reid said that where the attention initially was all on Tierra Marie because she was a little around-the-way girl. You know, she had the hood. But then she gave y'all a little pop with no daddy on TRL that was blowing up the TRL charts because I guess a lot of people didn't have no daddy on TRL and the voters at that time. So all the little kids were going up for that song. And then Rihanna came out with another single um, when the Music of the Sun album came out and it was If It's Loving That You Want. I want to let you know that you don't have to go. Don't wonder no more what I think about you. If it's loving that you want, you should make me your girl, your girl. Share my world, share my world. Oh, oh, oh. If it's 
And so that was one of my favorite videos too from Rihanna when she first came out because Ponder Replay was a cute video. Little X directed the videos, her with the baggy jeans and the little top, DJ Cypher Sounds in the DJ booth and stuff like that. She running around the club, you know, getting my run, run, blah, blah, blah. And then if it's something that you want, you know, she's on the beach. If y'all remember the video, Lance Gross was in the video too. Early Lance Gross before House of Pain. And funny thing too, I just realized that that video just crossed 100 million views on YouTube. I I just thought people didn't pay attention to that song. People paid it dust because it only peaked like at number 30 something on the Billboard Hot 100. But it was one of those songs that I actually really liked. And there was a remix that had Corey Guns on there too that Def Jam sent to me because again, this is why I'm early in like learning how to figure out how to get free stuff on the low ski. So this is why I'm like, okay reach out to these people and they'll send you free stuff for promo stuff. And Tremor again will send out stuff. If you get points, you can get free CDs and blah, blah, blah. And Rihanna was one of those, I was like, okay, I, I, I like her. Now, did I buy music of the song when it first came out? No, um, but I was still a fan though. And she had, and I would actually keep listening to the album on, I forgot, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think that was a LimeWire album initially. I was on LimeWire and I did download the album off of there because I still was like, okay, they're promoting her as this Caribbean, you know, kind of reggae situation. And I love reggae music too, but it's still one of those things like, okay, do I want to invest my money in this artist right now? Because they just coming out and I, I, I'm loving new artists, but sometimes with new artists, I'm going to make a, I'm going to wait a little bit to support with my allowance at that time, if you will. And she also had this other song, too, that randomly would come on. It was another Tremor thing where they would have you rate the music, and it was There's a Thug in My Life. Gotta keep it on the down low. I'll never let my mama know. Only call on my cell phone. Only see him at the door. I met him on the sixth train. Just the way he said my name. okay this is a cute song but where's what else is going to come next so august comes around that you want is on the charts on on trl 106 park and it seemed like def jam was just like almost letting go in a sense because let me was supposed to be the third single off the album uh star production but it never came out and so at that time i'm early in like the fan you know, uh, ATRL and the different forms and stuff like that. And those forms actually, those, a lot of those people were some true ass conspiracy theorists on a lot of things that was going on in the music as far as, oh, this artist not doing this because of this and that and the other. And when I remember she did a deal, I think it was with Nike to do like a choreography video for SOS, this new song that she had coming out and Def Jam had announced that, okay, now she's coming out with a new album. I was like, yo, she her first album only came out eight months ago, and now this April, she's dropping a new album, and the first thing was called SOS, and it's a completely different sound. It has this pop vibe to it. 
uh, samples Tainted Love. And it was, I was like, okay, this is cool. Her first number one single off the album, A Girl Like Me, is the second album that comes out. And that's when, so I did buy A Girl Like Me and Music of the Sun the same day when that album came out, when, the music, um, when A Girl Like Me album came out. I went to Circuit City. So I don't know if y'all still know about Circuit City because I forgot all these little kids now were born in like 2000. They don't know about some of these stores who used to have some of these department stores. And so I went to Circuit City after school one day in Jenna Shopping Center in Norfolk. And I bought the Music of the Sun album and the uh, A Girl Like Me album. And this was the A Girl Like Me album that had like the different sleeves in the cover that you can change out and interchange and stuff. And I listened to that album, A Girl Like Me, and I was like, yo, this album's really good. And then I listened to Music of the Sun. I was like, yo, this album is a lot different than what they promoted her to be. They promoted Rihanna to be more like this reggae artist and this Caribbean artist. And yeah, majority of both of those albums had a lot of the reggae and Caribbean songs on there. But there were some R&B joints on the Music of the Sun album. There was some R&B and pop and starting to lean into like a little rock-ish kind of situation on music, um, on A Girl Like Me, like on Kisses Don't Lie. But one of my favorite songs off of the A Girl Like Me album, which I feel like a lot of people felt this song, and I will go down the history, I will die on this hill and say that it's one of her best songs ever, one of the most underrated singles she's ever done, and it's called We Ride. time there's a conversation about what's her underrated songs what was the one of her best songs blah 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 it will always be one of my choices will always say will always be we ride the video was even dope too i love the video shot to anthony burrell um who was in both the unfaithful videos as late, well he was in all the videos anthony was in and he's from philly as well and if y'all know him he was dancing for beyonce mariah carey um he has his own dance studio right now that you can check out if y'all see him on uh, Instagram or anywhere. He has his own dance studio now, dance camps and everything. But he was the lead and the Unfaithful video, which is written by Neo's produced by Stargate, um, top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100. And then he was in the uh, We Ride video too. And of course in the SOS video. But again, the album was giving you different angles of Def Jam at that point, not trying to just label her as the Caribbean girl. They did that already with the two singles off of Music of the Sun with. Um, Pound the replay and if it's loving that you want. So now on this new album, they okay. They gave you a 
a dance record or upbeat record with SOS, her first number one single, and then give you a ballad with Unfaithful, where she has stepped up tremendously uh, from a performance standpoint. I remember when she was first performing Unfaithful live and in beginning stages, and you could tell there was that nerves in a sense, but she has stepped up a lot since then. If you know, you know. I'm just saying. You know, you real Navy, you know. <laughs> and then also, We Ride, which again, was a tragedy that y'all let that shit fail. Y'all let that shit flop. And I'm still mad to this day about that. But then it didn't chart at all, but it did redeem herself on the album with um, a girl like me, where the third, well, the fourth single, which didn't even have a video to it, but Break It Off with Sean Paul ended up being a top 10 hit and on the Billboard Hot 100. And so that rounded out that era. And then already she's on to the next one. Now, lo and behold, it would be the era for Good Girl Gone Bad, a different Rihanna that we're going to be seeing. And it pretty much was the staple and pretty much the standard of where we see Rihanna now. You know, she was the little island girl who did these first two albums, you know, very cutesy and stuff like that. But now we're getting a little edge now with Umbrella, with all the stuff for a Good Girl Gone Bad era. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Rihanna, uh-huh. Good girl going bad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Take three. Uh-huh. Action. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ho. No clouds in my stones. Let it rain, I hide your plane in the bank. Coming down like a Dow Jones. When the clouds come, we gone. We Rockefeller. We fly higher than weather. And she flies are better. You know me. In anticipation for precipitation. Stack chips with a rainy day. Jay, Rain Man is back. With little Miss Sunshine. Rihanna, where you at? You have my heart. And we'll never be worlds apart. Maybe in magazines. But you still be my star. Baby, cause in the dark. You can't see shiny cars. first time i heard umbrella and it was probably on myspace was the first time i heard umbrella and i think def jam had did something on there to release it it was one of them things that happened and jay-z was on i was like oh this is dope she got jay-z on the first single and this was tricky and the dream and the dream at this point i was starting to follow his career as far as his songwriting at that point just before he had his first album and everything but I started paying attention to his songwriting and stuff around this time frame. The stuff that he did, even with B2K when he did everything. One of my favorite B2K songs. And granted, B2K probably, you know, I hear more of the dream on that song than actual Marion or anyone else from the group. But that's just my black ass opinion. But that's one of my favorite songs. And he wrote that song, everything. And so he also co-wrote Me Against the Music for Britney Spears. And speaking of Britney, that song Me Against the Music also produced by Tricky. Umbrella was initially 
um, sent to Britney. It was intended for Britney Spears to um, to do that song for the Blackout era. And then she turned it down. So then it went to Mary J. Blige. And she turned it down. And so now it went to Rihanna, which when you think back at it now, a lot of songs that were meant for other artists, it, it wasn't that season for them. And maybe that artist that was part of the last pick, it worked out in their favor because now it's their known hit. Like this is Rihanna's one of her main big hits. And also it was a point in time when she couldn't do a concert at venues without having to have the mention of y'all don't bring umbrellas in these concert venues because they're going to tell y'all to take these umbrellas back. The concert venues are actually saying no umbrellas allowed. They are banned because y'all not going to be out here doing the umbrella choreography in the stadium. It's knocking people over the head. <laughs> so that's what ended up happening at that point in time. And we get to the good girl gone bad era haircut, asymmetrical cut, black hair, little edgy look and stuff. And I'm like, okay, Rihanna doing a little pose on the album cover little backwards, you know, little arch and stuff. I'm like, okay, I see you. And it was so many great songs. Shut Up and Drive was the second single. <laughs> I feel like one day I will really appreciate Shut Up and Drive. It's a good song. I like Shut Up and Drive. But just like Jocelyn used to say once in the time, once upon a time, ho, why is you here? <laughs> I, I I don't understand Shut Up and Drive. But again, it's one of those songs that maybe I appreciate nostalgically here and there when I listen to it, but I still like, I don't, it's, it was an okay, cute song, but I don't even really argue like that. And then she gave us Hate That I Love You with Neo and some other joints off of that album too. Then the deluxe edition with some other songs there as well, like Take About, which is also written by Neo. And it was so many great records off that album. Apologize 
You're so ugly when you cry Please, just cut it out Don't tell me you're sorry cause you're not Baby, when I know you're only sorry you got caught But you put on quite a show So we get to that album, Good Girl Gone Bad again. She cut her hair even shorter with the Take About video, both directed by Anthony Mandler, who also did the Unfaithful video. And this one, you really got to see Rihanna and Neo really have a good team up as far as working with each other. And it was so dope. And Stargate, too, in the picture as well with the production. And it was just this different side to Rihanna with the ballads. And it was just... It was it was cool. I, I liked it. And again, Disturbia, co-written by Chris Brown, and another number one single. She, she had number ones all out the ass on here. Don't stop the music. A surprise hit because I remember when I forget what single it was that she released initially. That was more so for like pop radio, and then in turn she released. I think it was Hate That I Love You, and then Def Jam released. Um, don't Stop the Music to 106 and Park to BET. And so that was supposed to be like the urban because sample Michael Jackson would be starting something and stuff like that. So it was more like the the urban single, if you will. And then uh, several months later, that would end up being a big hit. And that would end up being this, it peaked at number three in the Billboard Hot 100. And again, it was a last minute single, but it just did well. It did really good. And so she had hits out the ass on that album. And I think this really, again, really cemented Rihanna as the artist that we know today because that album had, that she, hell, Rehab was a single. Like, it was so many songs off this album that was released as singles that she really stretched that album out for what it was. And it only paid that number two on the Billboard 200 chart. You know, she didn't have a number one album at this time. T-Pain's album, I forgot what T-Pain's album was, but that beat her out for number one. But the Good Girl and Gone Bad era, again, this shows you that you don't always have to have a number one to have a legendary, iconic album because it didn't go number one, but it's still one of the top albums of all time that we know of. Like, it's still one of those iconic albums. And so one of my favorite songs, too, I always say some of the times, Frank Ocean actually said it best. The best song wasn't the single. And I always say that because there's a lot of times when a lot of albums come out and sometimes the better songs are actually the non singles and one of my favorite songs off this album yeah let sell me candy is one of my favorite joints also written by the dream breaking dishes written by the dream um what else were my favorite songs too let me get that was cute too uh timbaland like there was a stretch of timbaland songs on that album that was just like boom 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 after you know at the one of each other you know sell me candy let me get that and then rehab like that that was those three song stretches from timbaland Yo, those are like that's a stretch. That like those three songs, that's like a block in itself. That could be its own EP. <laughs> but one of my favorite songs off this album is "Say It," which samples Max Cobra's Matt Cobra's 
Flets, one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite reggae songs too, but that's one of my favorite dancehall songs, but that's one of my favorite Rihanna songs too. That was not a single. And I always say to this day too, that's one of her best songs as well. Say it. Fight me on that one. <laughs> but here is Say It from Rihanna from the Good Girl Gone Bad era. You should tell me what's the fucking do And I'ma tell you about me You should tell me your deepest thoughts And I'ma make it easy You should tell me what's the fucking do And I'ma tell you about me You should tell me your deepest thoughts And I'ma make it easy Emotions running wild like I feel when I'm next to you Something off your mind A bunch of secrecy So what are you trying to hide? I know what the look means To hold my hand so tightly Whenever we say goodbye Standing by the door I can tell you can't take no more Blow your secret open wide So baby, if you say it, say it Tell me what it is you like Baby, baby, don't be shy Maybe you can spend the night If you say it, So that was definitely one of my favorite songs, Say It. And so Rihanna had this legendary stretch of hit after hit after hit after hit on the Good Girl Gone Bad era. And then she had the Good Girl Gone Bad Reloaded album. They released a remix album of it and everything. Again, all these number one songs, all these hits and stuff like that. At this point, she did the Live Your Life joint with um, T.I., and she was just doing, she had, had a good, like, this was Rihanna and her, like, starting off being the shit. Like, this is her fashion-wise. Just, she was coming to her iconic status early on after the first two albums. And now this third album, she's really going there. And so people started paying more attention to her. People started really reaching out and like, yo, she's, she it, she is it. Like, she is the moment. She is, whatever Wendy Williams said, that's her. <laughs> and so... Now she's in a relationship with Chris Brown. Is everything going on with them? And then the Grammy night happened, the situation. And so she took a little scale back from recording and stuff like that and promoting because this thing just happened to her. And one of the songs that came out at that time, another song written by Terrius Nash, The Dream. And people just thought this was about them. This is, you know, happened to be happenstance that this is happening in their life right now. And this is what this song is about. And it was called Hating on the Club. And this is in the era when songs would leak out on like these websites and like R&B exclusives and stuff like that. And people used to send me songs because this is, I didn't start the doc, did I start the doc report? Yeah, the doc report was started at this time. This is 2008. So the, the doc report website was out and I was getting all these songs and I would put these songs on the website and get my reviews and stuff like that. And Hating on the Club was one of those songs. And it was so much that the radio started playing Hating on the Club. But I was like, yo, this is a low quality ass song a demo not even a well i guess you could say demo but it was a leak though but it just it was this doo-wop-y kind of song different for rihanna at the time but people were putting to, like saying oh this is about chris brown and this and that no it was not people and you know you had to grow years later to realize that it wasn't but still 
it's one of my favorite songs that it was actually really good though and i would actually play the hell out of it because it just it felt different it was good i feel like this was actually the inspiration behind how justin bieber's baby has that kind of doo-woppy poppy sound to it um whereas that's also produced by tricky and with the dream on the pen so it makes sense and so that's why this is kind of like the precursor to that song because it really does go with that vibe if you listen to it closely it's the beautiful miss rihanna songs and again it got on the radio power 99 in philly i was in college in philly at the time at orange to the philadelphia shot orange to the philadelphia the school that's no longer there that costs all that money i'm pretty sure i can get some money back for y'all foolishness shout out to sally may but anyways <laughs> but yeah that was that was played on radio and people were really eating that song up and it had nothing to do with that situation at that time so rihanna at this point she's really taking the scale back you know a lot's going on i remember 
again on ATRL and one of these forums, and they were just saying, you know, Rihanna's next album is going to be called Rated R. But this was before even the Rated R era was even thought of. So it would make you think like, did Rihanna was an insider from Def Jam that was on the, you know, on this form, or was it inspiration from the fans? Where Rihanna was like, okay, I'm a, um, I'm looking around the internet and I see my fans are calling this album Rated R, so I'm gonna call this Rated R. So this was before, you know, fans was calling albums like. For instance, like R five or R four and stuff like that. This was pretty much just like, I guess we're gonna come up with a fake title until a placeholder, if you will. And so, rated R ended up being the actual album title down the road. And she comes back with this new image. She had the you know blonde hair that was cut, the sides of her hair was cut, um, and it was just like a darker, like angrier. But I'm not gonna be the victim, Rihanna. Like this is, I'm standing up for myself, and I am, I'm hurt, but I'm hardened now. It's like a hardened Rihanna. Rated R. The album cover displays that. The album artwork displays that. Shout out to Ellen um, Von Uwerth, who is one of the best uh, photographers in music, and you just really see like this new, this newness to Rihanna, this edginess, this hardness. The way this over was pretty much like the pre-single. And I miss tweets like that when Rihanna would say the wait is over and had a release date and now we don't do those anymore. But anyways, um, <laughs> but she did that wait is over black and white video. And then she came out with the first single, the actual first single that was written by Neo. Again, not a Neo production. And this song, it was different because Rihanna always, first single is always upbeat, always a upbeat record. And now this time it's a ballad. But it's a heart-hitting ballad. It's really like this angry, edgy ballad, and it's called Russian Roulette. Just pull the trigger Ask my left leg 
Rush Roulette is low-key one of my favorite songs because, again, it's the ballad and even the video with um, Jesse Williams in there, but the song is just like this, it's just angry, but, and on the end too, like vocally, this is like at this point, you know, each era of Rihanna, did, she always steps up vocally, but this song, like vocally, you listen to that last chorus, even the the bridge and to the last chorus, she was going off like she was singing for her life like the rent was due and she had one chance on that mic to get that one cut right and that was it <laughs> and she sang her for her life on that record and the funny thing about this song too about rush roulette is that i always feel like this could be a mary j blige record too especially like that bridge and the end chorus like i could legit always hear her on there and yeah it was a good song but it wasn't a number one hit and i think that made def jam a little nervous because we got this new image from Rihanna. Are the public going to take to it? Because now she, you know, she's showing a little nipple, like, you know, a little nipple, a little slip and stuff like that. She's, you know, she's really, she being grown now. <laughs> and so it was like, are people going to take to this? And then that didn't go number one. So they released Hard, which was featuring Jeezy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can say whatever, I'ma do whatever, no pain is forever, yup, you know this Tougher than a lion, ain't no need in trying, I live with a skyend, yup, you know this Never lying, truth teller, that Rihanna rain just won't let up All black on, black town shades, black town but I'ma rock this shit like fashion as in going till they say stop in my runway never looked so clear but the height is ripped in heels right here no fear and why you getting your crap on getting my fly on sincere i see you women and my pedestal i better let you know that was another one by tricky and the dream i always i always like when the dream have the female artists talk their shit real quick you know that rihanna rain just won't let up i mean any artist that tricky works with i mean that the dream works with whether it's beyonce whether it's mariah rihanna he's gonna have that female artist talk their shit real quick like really being they bag like yo i'm that bitch like for real and so i always liked hard even the video um, produced by, directed by Melina. But again, it wasn't a hit. Now, it did outpeak Russian Roulette, but it still wasn't the hit single. And even with the album, it goes along with that hardness of the Rated R era, where there was a lot of rock-infused songs. There was a lot of pop rock, a lot of just our hard, hard songs. And one of my favorite songs off this album was a song called Firebomb, which 
could have been a single as well, but it's one of my favorite songs on that album. Maybe we were killing them. They couldn't handle the million degree. We were criminals. that could have been like a number one hit on top 40 and everything like that but it was still kind of like yeah you had Rush Roulette which was an R&B essentially song it wasn't really top 40 same with um, Hard which was definitely an urban record that was definitely for the streets that was definitely the 106 Park crowd that wasn't TRL all the way that was 106 Park all day that's why when she performed on 106 Park they ate that shit up and so Firebomb was one of those songs that could have been like the pop hit on that album and then she had other songs too, like Rockstar 101, Another Tricky in the Dream joint, which I love. Slash is on there from Guns N' Roses, which for years I didn't know Slash was part black. I didn't know he's part of the gang gang. So he, uh, he he's part of the black squad. And But that's one of my favorite songs too. The video was dope as well. Hell, I, I'm still trying to figure out why she performed that one. American Idol in that latex skin tight suit. But hey, that is what it is. That's Rihanna for you. But Rockstar 101 deserved more as well. And I wonder if she's going to perform that at the Super Bowl. Because that does give off Super Bowl energy. That's very stadium-ish. Or whenever she goes back on tour. That's very stadium-ish. Um, Rockstar 101. But the one song that did make a turnaround for the album. To where it got its first number one hit off the album. Was only number one hit. But it was number one hit. It was the colorful. We're completely different from the album. Like The rest of the album was very hard. Like I said, very gritty. But it was this one song that was like the bright spot on the album, and that's why the public ate it up and became a number one single. And it was the third single off the album, Root Boy.
Boot Boy came out, of course, it's one of those songs that stood out to me on the album, as well as, well as Te Amo. Te Amo is one of the first songs that lead out off the album. James Fontlevoy is like one of the goats in songwriting, and he wrote that song. And he the other demos, there were some other demos he did from off the album too, but Te Amo is one of the demos. Again, this is one of R&B exclusives and all these other websites will have these demo leaks of these um, songs. And his one of the ones that was up there. And I instantly fell in love with Tiana before Rihanna's version came out. But Rude Boy was like a really good, like, upbeat song. It was really, again, different for the album because it wasn't, it was like, it wasn't what you expected from Rihanna on this album because everything was so hard. And that made people pay attention. Like, oh, she does have a happy song on here. And the video was colorful too. The video, she had the blonde curly hair, the shortcut, the choreography. She had the, the I remember the behind the scenes um, pictures came out for the preview of the video, also directed by Melina. And I'm an art head, so I love like imagery. I love colorfulness and everything like that. And so I remember they did the behind the scenes um, photos and she had the um, long brown wig on. And I was like, oh, we getting back to the dance hall, Rihanna, because she got the peekaboo cat suit on the again she's doing her thing in the video so i'm like yo maybe old rihanna with the choreography and long hair because we, we haven't seen rihanna with long hair in a long time at that point since the girl like me era so to see her with long hair in the video it was like okay we got a little old school rihanna back again a little dance hall rihanna back in the action real quick and so the video i remember i had a project to do in class and we had to like do like a imitation like a music video or something like that or something that revolved involved that and i had this one girl who went to my school with me and again i went to art college so you know everybody had their own individuality style and everything like that and she looked like rihanna and she had the rihanna cut and everything so i said "Yo, i want to take a picture of you this is like a photography class i want to take a picture of you and i'm going to make it like the rude boy video so i took a picture of her and it's still on my online um portfolio but I took a picture of her and I did like the rude boy, like aesthetic in the background and stuff like that. And that was my whole thing. I loved it at that point. And so I did that and I got an A, but it was inspired by Rihanna's rude boy video. So then next we get into the air, you know, Rockstar 101 comes out again, that flopped, but it's still one of my favorite songs, but it didn't do, it didn't do good. And so they're already new album talk is coming out. She get this red hair, this red fire shortcut hair. I'm like, okay, Rihanna got red hair. All right, very Ronald McDonald, Wendy's. Okay, come on now. And she did the Love the Way You Live with um, record with Eminem. And she had the red hair in the video. And now the number one single for Rihanna to add to the list of collections. And it's still up in the air. Like, what's the next album going to sound like from Rihanna? Because she did this very hard album. So are we going to get... Now that she has red hair, that means maybe I'm going to get more of an angrier pop rock Rihanna. Because, you know, with red hair, that incorporates like Paramore, Haley Williams, you know, misery business type business. So it was just like, okay, what she's going to come with now? And Rihanna surprised her. She had this curly wig on. I remember, I still remember like everything. Like I remember the picture she had behind the scenes somewhere. And she had the curly wig, um, red hair wig on. And that was the start of the Loud Era. And initially, Cheers Drink to That was supposed to be the first single, but then they changed the last minute to be Only Girl in the World. And once we heard Only Girl in the World, it was a clear understanding of what this new era was going to be like. I want you to. 
very anthemic lead single off the album. Very upbeat, Stargate produced record. Very just different from what we heard from the Rated R era. So to her to get into this new bag now with this colorful hair, this colorful video, it's like she found her happy place. Like she was in the dark and now she's back in the light with the happiness and loud. And it took me a while to understand what the loud album title meant. So I always try to be PG about it and think that the loud album title meant because it was a dance album, essentially, where it's all the upbeat records on the album and stuff like that. But I don't think we really knew Rihanna the Smokehead, the Pothead. Well, not going to say Pothead. That's a strong term to use. Rihanna the Smoker. I don't think we realized Rihanna the Smoker, who she was at that point in time. So loud makes a lot of different sense now. You know, when you start to realize, okay, how Rihanna was back in the day with the, with the read with the weed it made sense now so but only girl in the world came out Crystal johnson shout out to her who wrote the record um and it was a good song it was a good lead single and it didn't go number one initially but it was a good start to the new era and everything and i remember she did this performance at the american music awards she did love the way you lie part two she did What's My Name and Only Girl in the World. And it was like seven minutes and she killed it, right? With her, um, I'll call it the Sonya Norwood wig. Because, you know, Brandy's mom, Sonya Norwood, always had that curly wig on. Rihanna had the red version of that on during that performance. But she really killed it. And then it came time for the second single before the album dropped. And it was What's My Name. And I remember she had um, shooting a video in New York City and everything. And they had behind the scenes video and footage of that as well and photos. And this was before Drake got on this. So I remember hearing the Drake list version of What's My Name that was supposed to come out, written by Esther Dean as well. And I remember, and this also Stargate produced record. And then all of a sudden, they had to push the back record back and delay the um, release because Drake was getting on this. So they did the Drake version, added his scenes in there and stuff like that. And they began the bodega and they get cozy and stuff like that on the you know couch in the apartment penthouse and everything. And so... We get what's my name. Oh na na, what's my name? Oh na na, what's my name? you good with them soft lips yeah you know word of mouth the square root of 69 is eight something right because i've been trying to work it out ah good weed white wine uh i come alive in the nighttime yeah okay away we go only thing we have on is the radio oh, let it play say you gotta leave but i know you wanna stay you just waiting on the traffic jam to finish girl the things that we can do in 20 minutes, girl Say my name, say my name Wear it out It's getting hot, crack a window, air it out I can get you through a mighty long day Soon as you go, the text that I write is gonna say oh,
And I still remember hearing What's My Name for the first time because initially, again, I heard the Esther Dean demo first, which had a different, uh, some different words in there. And then I heard the Rihanna version that she recorded without Drake on it. And then when Drake was added to it, I was like, okay, it makes sense now. And I had this conversation with my brother at that point in time, uh, shout out to Rel. And I always oh, Esquire now, shout out to Esquire. <laughs> but we had this conversation. I was like, yo, we both agree. Like, this is probably Rihanna's best song she's released ever at that point in time. Like, this was like one of the best songs she's ever done. Just vocally, even when you get to the bridge and the notes she's holding, like, she's really taking it on this album. She's really giving it. And so, What's My Name come out, the video comes out, the song goes number one. And then, I think this is the first time, well, this is the first time it happened in Rihanna's career where the second single goes number one instead of the first single. So the second single is number one, but then initially, eventually after the fact, like a couple of weeks later, Only Girl in the World goes number one. And so this is the first time where the first single didn't go number one at first, but then it goes number one after the fact. But it eventually did. So she had two number ones off of that album, and she's going this, you know, the loud album. Again, she's doing the damn thing with the era. She's killing it performances and everything and then she releases the third single off the album which is snm and she does this colorful video directed by melina where she's taking the aim at the paparazzi and how they're all invasive and stuff like that and that's pretty much what the song is about too in a sexual manner shout out to Astra dean who explained that because she wrote the song in the stargate production and the song was doing good they had the j cole remix at 1.2 because i think it was about to send that to urban radio and at the same time they released they were going to try to release um, Rain and Man with Nicki Minaj to Urban Radio at the same time while SNL was out, but Rain and Man didn't quite catch on. It's a good song, but it didn't quite catch on with the audiences at radio. But in that meantime, Def Jam was like, okay, we need to have someone else on here and do something else. And they released the remix with Britney Spears. So Britney Spears is t- early 2011. Britney had just came back with Hit it, Hold It Against Me, which went number one. To the World Ends, which went number three on the Billboard Hot 100 with the Nicki Minaj and Kesha remix. And so now she's on this roll. Femme Tao is getting ready to come out. She's back in her prime with the number one singles. So then the remix with uh, Rihanna for SNM comes out and it goes number one. So now this is now the number one to add to Britney's collection. And this is the first time where in the same calendar year, she had two number ones on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. So... And she's well into her career at this point, 11 years, 12 years in. So that's a major accomplishment there already. And so now Rihanna got three number ones back to back to back off this um, loud album. The performance they did at the Billboard Music Awards was really cool too. But Rihanna's just in her bag. She was doing the damn thing. She did the, at the time she released the perfume, um, Rebel, um, what's the name of the perfume? She it was a couple of perfumes she had at this point. Rebel Flower, Flower, or something like that. I forgot what the name of the thing thing was, but she did some. She had some good stuff on there that she had going on. But one of my favorite songs off of this album too. There's so many great songs off this album, but she released a video for this song. I loved it. It's still one of my favorite. I I go in on the part on the when she's talking like she's doing her thing. You know, never thought I'd do it. Never did I do it. Oh gosh, what happened to me? Like. Yo, why did I pull the trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, boom. And then the nigga, and then the life so soon. Yes. So, uh, Man Down was one of my favorite songs. I didn't mean to end his life. I know it was alright. I can't even sleep and I can't get it out my mind. I need to get out of sight for I end up behind bars. What started out as a simple altercation turns into a real sticky situation. Me just thinking on the time that I'm facing. 
sun. Rum pa pa pum, rum pa pa pum, rum pa pa pum. Man down. Rum pa pa pum, rum pa pa pum, rum pa pa pum. Man down. play on that song and shout out to Chantel I don't know if y'all remember Chantel but she's from the Barbados too but she had the songs uh, Impossible which everybody was, was singing at every TV talent show uh, competition show and she had the song T-shirt um, but she co-wrote uh, Man Down but the wordplay on that song like come on it's a 22 hour call of Peggy Sue and she fits right down in my shoes what do you expect me to do if you're playing me for a fool like come on like she was that wordplay, they were going crazy on that one, for real. Like, those are bars. So, um, yeah, Man Down came out. The video was very deep and very good, too. And it made sense in a way to where the song, you know, it wasn't just... Uh, cause people would try to even try to say, oh, Rihanna's promoting violence in this video and stuff like that before they even got to see what the video was about. And the video was, you know, it was pretty much... She was, she was raped, basically, Without pretty much saying it, put too much emphasis on it, but you can tell what was going on, what happened. She was sexually assaulted, and so she went back and got revenge in that way. And so, I I, I love the video for that. Uh, now that Anthony Mandler directed the video, they always make chemistry and make magic together, which they did again when Rihanna decided to release her next album now. Because you know Rihanna is good for a good album right after the next one. So the loud era is going on, but at the same time while she's on the loud tour, which I did go see the loud tour in D.C. Or was in Baltimore. It was one of them places. But I did see the Loud Tour. And it was good and everything. And that was my first round the tour had gone to. But when she did the... um, While she was on tour, she started recording her next album already. Which was Talk That Talk. And initially, that was supposed to be the last edition for Loud that was supposed to come out. But she was like, no, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do something different now. And in that meantime, she did this new album. And she had this first single that was called We Found Love with Calvin Harris. And it was a complete, it was pretty much a continuation of the Loud era where you had these upbeat dance records. And so it fit right in line with that trajectory of what Rihanna was doing with music at that point in pop music.
so we found love comes out goes number one it's the lead single off of this talk that talk album which is honestly one of my favorite rihanna albums even down to the bonus tracks i'll get some more of that later on in the show but that album was really good and i remember when it came out too because it was so, so different it was like really in your face and so granted when she did the rated r album that was her first album with the parental advisory sticker on it right loud they didn't release the parental advisory version to stores in the cd format but they did have it digitally so i did buy the parental advisory version on itunes but when you think back on the talk that talk album she was really talking that talk like there was like no topics off limits on that album like she was really going in for everything even the sexual tone on the lyrics i remember at that time i was in a relationship and my ex um we had bought the cd from best buy and it got the lux edition and they had the other little collectible stuff on the inside of the um, package. And I remember listening to the album just clutching my imaginary pearls. I'm like, oh, Rihanna's saying this. Oh, my goodness. She's talking that talk now. She's talking. She's going for it. And We Found Love was such a good record. It was so upbeat. You the One was such a good record, too, um, that was also written by Esther Dean. Where Have You Been? Another co Written by um, Esther Dean as well. The video went crazy. Directed by Dave Myers. Rihanna doing a little choreography two-step in the video. Doing her thing and everything like that. Talk That talk with Jay-Z's on the album. Now the Stargate production. So it was a lot of good songs off that album. And then I remember she did the VMAs that next year in 2012. And she performed Cockiness. Because the album was still going big. She still had these songs and stuff like that. But she was kind of like dialing back a little bit too. Because she was about to get into her next era of music. But one of my favorite songs off that album, produced by Bangladesh, and she ended up doing the remix with someone that would end up being her future baby daddy and her man in her life right now, ASAP Rocky. And I'm talking about the cockiness remix, everybody. Motherfucker with the Mossberg, Jiggy motherfucker at my concert. I'm wearing box furs, rocking ox furs, eating oxtails, sipping cocksburg. Silly motherfuckers looking awkward. So much dick rotting that my cock hurt. We running clockwork, so we got perp and we got work. Tell Riri, I go re retard it. On the remix, had to re record it. On the CD, DVD, and TV, MP3, CDs, I for your cuckoo, your flying fish is my favorite dish. Won't hit crickets when I cricket. Hit it, play games like soccer when we kick it. Get it? Cockiness, 
goes so hard. The remix with ASAP was dope too. I love their performance. I wish it was a video for it. Like in my head, I always envisioned like a remember the time kind of like Egyptian kind of style video because at that point in time, Rihanna was doing all these performances for the Talk That Talk era because she didn't go on tour, but she was more so like having like these Egyptian themed outfits and stuff going on, the back imagery and everything like that. And so I envision like this Busta Rhymes, put your hands on my eyes to see type of video um, going on. And so that would have been dope. I, I, I vision like a hype boons direct the video for that song, but I cockiness goes hard. Like that beat, it, even when I heard it on the radio, I remember heard it, hearing it on the radio in Philly because at this point, we starting to all have our individuality by not really listening to the radio. Like we all got our MP3 players at this point. We got our iPods and everything. So we're not really relying too heavy on the radio. But when you hear it on the radio, it hits a little different because it's like, oh, this show's on the radio. Oh, I like it. So, Cockin' is one of my favorite songs. One of my other favorite songs off this album, I'm going to get into it in a little bit because it was written by this one person in particular. So, going back to where it was that middle ground of, okay, is Rihanna going to come out with this album? What this what songs going to come out? And again, R&B exclusives, had all the exclusives as far as these songs from these songwriters that were demos for other artists. And it would also just say, but sometimes it would say the artist itself. So this song it was saying it was Mario featuring Rihanna. Then it was also saying Akon featuring Rihanna. Then it was saying Rihanna featuring Akon. So it was going around a lot of different places of who the song was. And you listen to this demo and you would think this is Rihanna, but no, it wasn't Rihanna. So I'm going to play y'all the song and I'm going to tell who it is in a little bit. But if you're a real one, you know what the song is and you know who actually sang it. But we're going to get into that in a little bit after you hear this emergency room. Whoa. I was picking up your clothes in the closet I was about to throw your jeans in the washer Till I saw a piece of paper saying Tasha I gotta say, I found this a bit shocking It's some receipts here to say you went shopping You bought some Nike shoes, but why you buying stockings? Boy, how could you lie to me? Thought you would die for me I'm not accepting another apology After three years, I'ma let it go To pull out your IV You gon' be in the emergency room I'm fighting with myself I can't hurt you even though you hurt me You gon' be in the emergency room Trying to call a nurse But nobody can help you now And you see you trying to live without me Now where's your heartbeat Last time on the EKG Well I was home late at night watching TV Got a call from a girl saying Riri Saw your man in the club I thought he was that he'd be back in three weeks Now I'm mad Sitting in the kitchen getting sad Looking at your pictures Boy, how could you lie to me? Thought you would die for me I'm not accepting another apology After three years, I'ma let it go Can't stand around crying no more Got your backpack sitting by the door I'ma leave your heart broken on the floor So I remember I used to play that shit heavy the Mario version, because there was a version that had Mario actually, like, singing on there. And then it had this artist who we thought was Rihanna the whole time. But no, it was Priscilla Renee. So, this was 2009. I remember this whole era of music. Again, I was 
getting all the exclusives for the Dr. Poor website and just people sending me stuff. And it was Priscilla Renee. And I knew Priscilla Renee from her earlier stuff. Like, I'm talking the Jukebox album that came out in 2009. And before that, it was Dollhouse, her single. And before that, it was her YouTube videos. Like, I, I've been a Priscilla Renee fan for so long. But now, y'all know her as Money Long. And she just won her first Grammy Award for Hours and Hours, which is her first solo song to hit the Billboard Hot 100 chart and peaked in the top 20. And now she has a Grammy for Best R&B Performance. Like, I, I love Money Long. Like, I love Priscilla Renee. She... She's definitely inspiration. Like you can go so far, and you, it take it could take years, decades even, but your time will come when it's time. And she she got her time, and look, she got her Grammy award now. She got a big hit, Hours and Hours, which is gonna be blown up on Valentine's Day. I'm pretty sure of it. And so I love that she took a song off of YouTube and wrote it in 15 minutes, washing dishes, and came up with the concept and everything like that. And here we are now with a big hit. But before. She and while she was still in colors is not a good. She, she she did like a little country situation too with colors. I love, I like, I'm telling you I've been a Priscilla Renee fan before she was Money Long before y'all called her one. But that's neither here nor is it over there. But anyways, while she was in the midst of doing all of this her album and trying to do her thing solo wise, she was writing songs for other people because she was getting the bag in another way. And she co-wrote um, Rihanna's California King Bread off of the Loud album. But then she also wrote another one of my favorite songs too off this album which is Watch and Learn off the Talk That Talk album. If you know, you know. <laughs> Won't say a thing about the way you love me. that song and again shout out to um, Priscilla Renee aka Money Long that's one of my favorite Rihanna songs one of my favorite albums because I wish it was a single I think she only performed like twice on the um what tour is that she performed on the Diamonds tour yeah Diamonds World Tour I think she only performed it twice on there but I need that song to come back around I need you to perform that song just one good time again because I love that song it it's it's such a vibe and it's nasty but it's such a vibe though but I'm going to tell you another thing, too, that pissed people off, specifically the fans, was the song Birthday Cake. So Birthday Cake on the album, you know, she's talking her shit. She's talking nasty. Want to put your name on everything. Like, okay, Rihanna. Okay. And then after the chorus, it goes to the second verse. Who on the fuck you right now? Then it starts fading. And I was like, what the fuck? Where's the rest of the song at? And people got mad at Rihanna. People got mad at The Dream. They were attacking The Dream. Over like why the hell there's no more lyrics to the song? Where's the rest of the song at? They were getting after him, and so she, Rihanna be having her ears to the internet, and she was like, "Okay, if I do a remix, who do y'all want on the remix?" So people were giving their 
um their choices they wanted britney back on you know not a remix with rihanna they wanted christina aguilera it was speculation it's going to be this person that person but then the plot twist was it was someone we did not expect it was going to be on that song I'm talking about Christopher Maurice Brown, everybody. Chris Brown. Rihanna and Chris Brown made more music together, and this shocked the world. Like, had this song been released on streaming services and on digital at the time, this would have been crazy on the charts. But it went to number 24, I believe, on the Billboard 100, just based off the airplay alone. It was that much of a demand, but Def Jam didn't want to put it on digital streaming because of what happened before but it's like yo this is your artist if they want the song out why can't y'all release the song because it would have been i really feel like this would have been the number one hit but here is birthday cake with chris brown
a real shopaholic She buying everything up, man, I can't call it And she a walking stove, I'm talking about her clothes I just pause, I'm in awe, cause she a fashion show Spitting Louis bags and breathe Gucci Got a wardrobe like she's starring in the movie And she ain't even famous, but she got your own groupers She got your own groupers, and she got your own groupers Despite what went on before in the past, Rihanna and Chris Brown made some good music together. Like, y'all can say what y'all want. Okay. We had the Birthday Kate remix. Before that, we had the uh, Umbrella and Cinderella remix. Remember, Radio used to play that. Remember, he did his own version of the Umbrella remix with Cinder called Cinderella. And they still, to this day, play that in the grocery stores. Like, you go into a food line, you know, the grocery stores or these retail stores have their own system where they play these songs off of a uh, particular system with a station. And that's on there. Umbrella Cinderella. Yes, sir. And then also, too, um, Bad Girl was supposed to be off of the Confessions of a Chopaholic album or soundtrack for that movie. Y'all remember one of them little teenage movies that came out like in 2009 or something, but that got canceled because of the fact of the whole situation. But then after that, they did Birthday Kate. They did Turn Up the Music remix for his um, album Fortune. And they did Nobody's Business off of the Unapologetic album. And this was 
to me that song sounded like their version of uh, something in common by Whitney and Bobby Brown. You know, the comparison is a little crazy there, you know, considering how both of those relationships were at this point in time. But there was them not giving no fucks, though. Like, Rihanna gave no fucks on this album. That's why the album was called Unapologetic. That's when it started this era. It was on that album, Unapologetic, because she was like, look, I don't care. I'm back with this man. This is my life. This is why I'm, how I want to move. And it's okay. When we saw how he was in love with two women at the same time, shout out to Karushi Tran and you know around at the same time and how that was a whole situation we released some videos on social media and stuff that was a whole era of chris brown and his life in prison and everything but also it just goes to show like they they made some good music together even he was on the single cover for the stay song um for stay but i i like when they did music together and if it wasn't any craziness they had another song too remember it was supposed to be like on chris another chris brown album after that but that didn't come out then it was like on a mixtape or something i forgot the name of the song already but it was it was cute it was cool but like i talked about the unapologetic era that's one of those albums that's hard for me to listen to because when it came out i was going through a breakup a bad breakup at that and so i remember when the album came out and listening to it and stuff like that but i also remember being in my feelings about a lot of the stuff that was going on at the time so i couldn't really appreciate the album like i wanted to until like several months later but Unapologetic was really a good album when I bought it, when it came out and everything like that. Diamonds was the lead single. I mean, again, another album where Rihanna's releasing the ballad as the lead single, written by Sia, produced by Stargate. But it's just so different, though. And, I mean, even on the single cover, I mean, Rihanna had rolling papers, rolling up a thing of diamonds like it's some weed. Like, come on now, who does that? Melissa, her best friend. I actually shot the photography for that and mostly the photography for the uh, Unapologetic album. Even the artwork for Unapologetic, I had to think too. I always, always think on the forehead era area of um, the album cover where, you know, she's naked and everything like that, but, you know, it's blacked out by the words and stuff. On the head, I always thought it said fart, but it say love, but it's just the way it's written. And that's coming from me as, as someone who has bad handwriting, but <laughs> I always thought it said fart, but it says love. But here is Diamonds here on FNL Radio. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Find light in the beautiful sea. I chose to be happy. You and I, you and I. We're like diamonds in the sky. You're a shooting star, I see. A vision of I'm alive, we're like diamonds in the sky I knew that we'd become one right away 
right, so that was the lead single, Diamonds, from the Unapologetic album. Again, produced by Stargate, Longtime Collaborators, and written by Sia. And that was such a beautiful lead single, a beautiful video as well. And Unapologetic, even though it was like this tough kind of album in a sense, it was still had some beautiful moments on there. Stay with Mickey Echo was a beautiful song and a beautiful single. The What Now song is one of my favorite songs on there as well. That was such a beautiful song. But another beautiful song on this album that I truly love is one of my top tier Rihanna songs, Get It Over With, with James Fontenoy on the background vocals on the pen as well. And if you listen to the song, just the arrangement in the background, like the, the production on the song is so beautiful. It's dark in the day, now say, now don't complain. Look up, the sun is just a cloud away. You're so afraid to cry, but your heart be feeling dry. It's time to change. But you keep thundering, thundering I'm wondering, wondering Why you keep thundering Won't you just pray And get it over with When I feel the pain I babe, I won't complain I hate you saying I cut the sun It's just a cloud away And I was so afraid to cry Like it's just it's so beautiful and it just makes you feel like you're in the clouds like literally when you get high but you feel like you're in the clouds that's what the song embodies get it over with but it was some other good moments on this album too you know she had the dance moments again with right now and Fresh Off the Runway, David Guetta Productions. Fresh Off the Runway surprised me too. I did not know David Guetta produced that when the album came out. I was like, David Guetta did this? Okay, now he's switching up a little bit, surprising us. But then some other songs that Rihanna was also doing too. And she was always doing R&B and mixing it with hip hop and everything. But it was taking it to new levels where she had Love Song with Future. And then that's one of my favorite songs as well. Even though it wasn't released as an official single, it was getting a lot of radio play in a chart on the Billboard Hot 100 chart as well. And then also you had Pour It Up, Bands Make a Dance, Mike Will Made It, you know, it's pretty much a rip off of that. But it's the female perspective, Rihanna in the strip club, commanding everything, being that boss bitch that she is. And so that record was like, okay, Rihanna is stepping it up in a different direction. The video also had a little drama behind it back in the day. Remember the drama? This is when Bad Guy Riri was always ready for the replies. <laughs> the R-I-H plies, everyone. You know, she was always ready for a response and the, you know, and the clap back and everything like that. And so the video eventually came out. And it's one of my favorite videos, too, because so it's different for Rihanna. So right now I'm going to play Love Song. And then I'm also going to play a little bit of it up as well where she performed at the super bowl and then mixed in a little pose when it as well i was like okay now 
pregnant Riri up there with the stripper anthem still. Okay, I got you. I see you. <laughs> All right, but here it is, people. So I'm going to get into the anti-album because that was the album that followed the unapologetic era. And also in the unapologetic era, we got to give it to Rihanna too. She did that whole 777 tour like before the album came out where she went to seven cities and seven countries and seven days and brought all the fans on the 777 jet along with reporters and um it, it was a chaotic situation. I remember hearing all the behind-the-scenes stuff that went down. She did the documentary as well on it. But that was very brave of her to do that and still release the album and promote it and everything. So, clap, clap, bravo to Rihanna for doing that 777 thing because I couldn't do it myself. That I can't even go to two different cities in the same day without feeling like I'm overworking myself. So, I got to give it to Rihanna for that. But one thing also I got to give it to Rihanna too is when her albums come out, and it started more so with the Talk That Talk era where there would be bonus tracks on the deluxe edition that would come out um, the same day the original album would come out, the standard edition. 
And so she has some songs that's always like my favorites that weren't on the actual standard edition, but the deluxe edition, some of them songs be knocking too. And I'm talking about Do Your Thing now. I feel like I'm probably one of the only people that like Do Your Thing. It's not a The Dream and Rihanna collaboration where he wrote and produced the song. But I love Do Your Thing. It, it's, it's my shit. I wish it was a video and I wish it was a single. And then, of course, with Anti She Had Pose, which I say is one of my favorite songs because Hit Boy did that record. Now, here's the thing about that. So, Pose was on the Anti album. And it was at that time when Rihanna had the Samsung deal. But in Pose, you hear the iPhone effects in the song, like when you send in the message and stuff like that. And so I was like, how'd they get off with that one? But Hit Boy, we talk about chaotic beats and stuff like that, where you talk about, you know, people were talking about Destiny Child's Independent Women Part 1 or Part 2 with the chaotic production and some other songs that those very out of this crazy world productions that's just all over the place, but it works. And that's what Pose was. It it was all over the place, but it worked. It made sense in a way. But I love it, though. And then, of course, Sets For Me, too. Another song off the anti-album where it wasn't a, a single, but it did get radio play. And it did chart on the Hot 100 as well. And it was, that was one of my joints, too. I, you know, Vodka and the Water and the Lemon. Get off of my Instagram. Pure Temptation. Hit a switch on the fake nigga like a station. Come on, Rihanna. Again, talk that talk. <laughs> so I'm going to be playing those songs right now so I can get a little preview of those bonus edition tracks that was on the deluxe edition of those albums uh, from Unapologetic and the Anti-Era. Yeah. 
amazing All this all work, no vacation Stay up off my Instagram, pure temptation Hit a switch on a fake nigga like a station Sex with me, so amazing Sex with me, so amazing Before we even get into the anti-era, before that, she was starting to record a new album after Unapologetic was released, and a couple of years later, she would start working on another album, and it was supposed to be executive produced by Kanye. He was supposed to be handling a lot of the production as well. Rounder came out with four or five seconds with Kanye and Paul McCartney. They performed at the Grammys, which was a great performance, vocally and everything, Rounder killed it. And then there was American Oxygen, but one of the standout releases from that era of the Kanye and Rihanna collab era was Bitch Better Have My Money. Now, I remember when I saw the announcement on her Instagram. See, this is what I miss when Rihanna would announce stuff that was coming soon. Like, when when she said, the wait is over, when she tweeted that and said that, you know, Rated R was coming very soon and had a release date and everything. I miss those days. But anywho, bitch better have my money. I remember seeing the single cover art and I was like, okay, very artistic, like it and everything, black and white, thick eyebrows, love it, right? And then the song. When I first heard that song, the opening of the song took me out. I was like, okay, now this is the shit here. Yeah, yo. Yeah, yo. Moolala. Yeah, yo. Bitch, better have my money. Y'all should know me well enough. Bitch, better have my money. Play down, call me on my blood. Pay me what you want me. Ballin' bigger than LeBron. Like blah blah blah, Louis 13 and it's all on me, nigga. You just bought a shot. Kamikaze, if you think that you gon' knock me off the top, shit. Your wife in the backseat of my brand new foreign car. Don't act like you forgot. I call the shot, shot, shot. Like blah blah blah, pay me what you want it. Don't act like you forgot. 
Like, okay, Trap Rihanna, Trapiana. <laughs> Yo, but shout out to BB Riley too, who co wrote the song, and Travis Scott, Kanye, Deputy, and Wonder Girl, who produced the track. But it was just a standout to me. That was my shit for the longest. Like, that was my top song for 2015 because it was so different and it was just, it just hit you where it hurt. Like, it was that shit. And the other thing too was that it was pretty much based around, I don't know if y'all remember this back in the day, but Rihanna had some accounting issues with her um, accountants, and they would pretty much take her money. And so it was those reports back in the day, like, oh, Rihanna's broke, you know, she could have all this famous stuff, but she's broke because she don't have any money, blah, 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 because people stole from her. And so this is like her get back. And as we see now, even further on down the road, she she's a billionaire. And let's get into the music video, too. The music video is cinematic at most. Like, it is... Is the video is truly a piece of work, and I mean that in the best way. Like it's a piece of amazing work from my standpoint. I love it. It's one of my favorite Rihanna videos because again, it's just edgy and it's just different. But at the same time, while she was talking about "Bitch, but have my money," she was also um, released some music at that time too, where she was in the animated DreamWorks movie Home. And so with that, she provided music for the soundtrack and was executive producer as well. And the soundtrack was released on her Westbury Records uh, record label, which she created after leaving Def Jam, her longtime label at that point. So in this transition to leaving from Def Jam and doing her own deal with Rock Nation under with her Westbury Records label, she started really honing in on the work for what would become Anti. And she stopped working with Kanye. They had creative differences in his scheduling conflict. And while it would have been interesting to hear their full body work together, we wouldn't have gotten the anti that we have now. So I appreciate what we didn't get. But hopefully one day it'll leak in somewhere out in the metaverse or whatever, you know. But anywho, to tease the new album that was getting ready to come out soon at that point, Rihanna started kind of putting out little snippets here and there of music. One of them was James Joint on 420. Shout out to that's one of my favorite songs too on Anti Album James Joint. Shout out to James Fontmore again, but that's a really nice little laid back little one minute song. I wish it was longer, but hey, it is what it is. You know, Anti had a lot of those moments where you wish the songs were longer than it was. But shout out to Birthday Cake, PTSD from that. <laughs> but one of the other songs that she gave a sneak peek, like a real sneak peek of, like super super snippet of, was Kiss It Better, and from that moment. The first opening of it, I was like, oh, this is going to be it right here. The whole 80s aesthetic of it, it was just, I just love it. And Natalia Kills, I don't know if y'all remember her, but she, didn't, she changed her name to something else. But I just know her as Natalia Kills. I'm going to keep calling her Natalia Kills. And she had a good album that came out too that had me in the chokehold in 2011. But she wrote, co-wrote the song and I always loved it because... It just it was just a good ass song. And then there was some drama behind that song too. Remember this other songwriter on there claimed that he had a relationship with Rihanna, some other bullshit, anywho. But the song was a masterpiece nonetheless. And I love the original version, but I'm gonna play the Catronada remix. I think that's an underrated remix that people don't really talk about as much. But I love the Catronada remix. So I'm gonna play the Catronada remix and then we're gonna dig a little deeper into the anti era.
to the anti-era was a confusing yet interesting one because first off like i said in between the album that was supposed to be executive was by kanye and that got scrapped and then she started recording more songs which ended up being the anti-album and then she went to this museum and this artist um painted the cover art for the anti-album and so we got a little piece of what was going to be coming then and then the kiss a better snippet james joint on 420 in 2015 and so it was still like, okay, what's next from Rihanna? What's what's going on? What's happening? And she does this deal with Samsung, and it's called the Anti Diary. I don't know if you remember this confusing ass website where we t Rihanna goes through this little house and it's very interesting, and whatnot. And it's supposed to all lead up to Samsung presenting her um, or promoting her tour, her Anti World tour, and so it all tied in together because of that purpose. But it was still like, okay, what is this going on here? All right, well, I'm just going to play along with it because if we get something, hey. And then she had the crown on, um, had crown headphones saying, listen to Anti. But it's like, well, we can't listen to it. Where is that? And so the, I think the website glitched like the night before it was supposed to drop. And then we heard that Work was the lead single and she announced it. But then the album comes out like a couple of days later because, or the next day actually, because it leaked on title before it was supposed to come out. And Samsung was giving them away free copies and it was a whole lot it was a whole lot of stuff that was going on at that time but it all worked out for Rihanna in the end because we had the album go platinum in this first week because of the fact that Samsung gave away a million copies but I think it wasn't credited towards the billboard actual counts so the actual counts was what happened on title when it came out the day before and so because of that the album with only a couple of a day or two of sales They'd be at number 27 on the Billboard 200 chart, but the next week with the full tracking week, it would go on to reach number one on the Billboard 200 chart, which is her second album to go number one, which is crazy, again, to think in her whole discography that Unapologetic was her first number one album on the 200 chart, but now Anti is her second. Now, one thing about the Anti era as well is that the music, the album was situated differently. It wasn't one song that leads to another. It was kind of like, it felt, and people would call it like a mixtape because it gave all mixtape vibes, just how everything was placed all over each other and stuff like that. But it worked together in a crazy way. And I love it for that. It starts off with Consideration, which featured a uh, lesser known SZA, or as we say on FNL Radio, SZA, as they say in Richmond, Virginia, apparently. <laughs> but I always said that, you know, that album glides in a different way but it all makes sense towards the end and it has this different moments as well and it has this real extreme savage moment like on the mustard produced needed me 
which is, again, blew up on the radio summer 2016. One of my favorite Rihanna songs because she really giving it to you like it is. Again, unapologetically. I mean, when she said, you were just another nigga on the hit list, trying to fit you in the issues with a bad bitch. Then they tell you that I was a savage. Fuck your white horse in the carriage. Come on now. Only Rihanna can deliver that kind of bar like that. And so, Needed Me was a great record. And then Level on the Brain, surprisingly, was a top five single. It outpeed Needed Me. And Needed Me was all over the radio. And it peaked at number seven. And let me just tell y'all too. So, Kiss the Better was released alongside Needed Me. Kiss the Better was supposed to be the top 40. Needed Me, the Urban and Rhythmic. Now, why did y'all let Kiss the Better flop? This brings me back to We Ride again. We Ride was a top-tier song on the Girl Like Me album, and here we are with a top-tier song with an anti-album. Y'all let it flop, but hey, it is what it is. At least it went number one in my household on the Doc 100 chart. <laughs> but Love on the Brain, vocally, like, Rihanna was taking you there. Like, shout to Fred Ball, who wrote and produced the song, but it was just, like, one of those very powerful, like, emotional records. Like, you really hear the emotion in her voice on that song. Even though Needed Me, there's emotion on there, too. Like, it's all over the, like the album was really set up in a great place to where you got to see different sides around the vocally and different sides of her musical journey as well and it wasn't just relying on one sound the whole project and so i'm going to get into the songs needed me and love on the brain here and we're going to talk some more about anti real soon i was good on my own that's the way it was that's the way it was you was good on the love for a fatty fuck I'm so faded love Shit, what the fuck you complaining for? Feeling jaded up Used to trip off that shit I was kicking to you Had some fun on the run, though I'll give it to you But baby, don't get it twisted You was just another nigga on the hit list Trying to fix it in the issues with a bad bitch Didn't they tell you that I was a savage? Fuck your white horse and a carriage But you never could imagine Never told you you could have it You Get close to you, and we burn something for 
songs there love on the brain and the performance at the 2016 billboard music awards as well hands down one of my all-time favorite round of performances like the way she molded that performance oh my goodness and they still don't have it online like they will not let that video be online for no reason but i love that performance she was giving her everything like the rent was due on that record and the mic was on but then also going into how the song has this very 50s, 60s duet kind of sound to it. Very different from Rihanna at the time because the only closest she kind of got to that sound was Hating on the Club back in the back in the day. And Love on the Brain didn't even have a music video to it, but still peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. And one thing that Rihanna said too going into this album was that she wanted to do an album that had, was timeless and a music, an album that she would be able to be proud to perform in 15 and so years. And when you listen to Anti now, and you think it's been, ooh, seven years now, and how the album still sounds timeless, and it's still, from moving forward, will still be timeless as well. It's still going to be one of those albums that's so interesting around its discography that people will really be like, yo, this is her, this is where like her Velvet Rope, her Janet Jackson Velvet Rope album. This is her Velvet Rope era. And even as we speak, the album is still charting on the Billboard 200 chart all those years later. And it went to number eight this week on the Billboard 200 chart after the Super Bowl. And some of her other songs have been recharting on the Billboard Hot 100 and everything like that. Because the anticipation was there for Rihanna to get back on stage. And plus, I don't know, because we were missing Rihanna that much. And so we're still streaming this album like it's brand new. Because I still remember the first day, the first night when Tidal released the anti-album. And listening to it as a family on Twitter. You know, we're giving our reactions and stuff like that. And it was just... Again, that timeless album that is going to live on. And so it shows in the charts right now still that that album is still continuously charting and it still is up from here. And it's going to go down one of her legendary albums. Now, the one thing I'm still mad about, too, is, are, uh, is the 2017 Grammys. How they snubbed the fuck out of her with those nominations and did not. Well, she was nominated, but then when I was upset about that. So Rihanna had her flask. Her and Melissa taking drinks. Like, yo, let me get the fuck up out of here ASAP. So, Anti, even though it didn't win any Grammys, it still lives on as one of the great round of albums of all time. And Rihanna even said herself it's her favorite album that she's ever done. And so now we can only go up from here with the next album or the next two albums, hint, hint, Rihanna, that reggae album and the pop album, whatever the other album's supposed to be. We're still waiting. It is what it is. <laughs> but the first single from anti was work and it was another collaboration with drake i'm still going back to the memory bank is unlocking now remember we thought it was like her shooting this video in houston or something with the horse with the louis vuitton um logos on the horse and because we was that itching for a music video because remember Ant work didn't have a music video initially it was just a single and the album that was it no music video at all and when anti went number one and work went number one at the same time it was like, okay, so where's the music video at, Rihanna? You know, where, where's the video? Where's the visuals? And so she gave us two videos for that. 
and I'm still trying to figure out too why the lyric um uh, in this video version is different from the album version or the regular version because when she say why you gotta act like nothing's wrong or something like that but anywho work was another drake and rihanna collaboration and they've given us so many different collabs over the years and this sparked the whole romance thing again with them and they dated back again for a little moment because remember they dated initially like back in 2010 era 2009 2010 and then they had a little separation and then what's my name came out 2010 Take Care came out 2011, and it's been the break since then. But then when Work came out 2016, here goes Too Good on his Views album as well. So we got two collab in the same year. They start dating. She get the little shark stuffed animal, and I think then she get a shark tattoo on her ankle or something because of the date. Yeah, they're all in Toronto being all cute and stuff. And then... On top of that, the I think what made it a little like uh this is a little too much kind of sort of I know Drake always showed his admiration and love for Rihanna, but it went overboard in a sense when he gave her the um video Vanguard Award, Michael Jackson video Vanguard Award at the VMAs of twenty sixteen. Yeah, that probably overdid it and that's when she was like, Yeah, I need to scale back the whole time he had a kid on the way. Anywho. <laughs> but so I'm gonna get into work and then I'm gonna go even deeper into their collaborations here on FNL Radio. And so let's get into that real quick. Spilled all my emotions tonight, I'm sorry Rolling, 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 rolling How many more shots until you're rolling? We just need a face to face You could pick the time and the place You spend some time away Now you need to forward and get me out of work, 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 work. It's in me, I feel work, 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 work. It's in me, do my da, 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 da. me about that work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. 
always feel the need to tell me things Seems like they're just happier than us these days Yeah These days I don't know how to talk to you I don't know how to be there when you need me It feels like the only time you see me Is when you turn your head to the side and look at me differently Yeah And last night I think I lost my patience last night I got high as the expectations last night I came to a realization And I hope you can take it I hope you can take it all I'm too good to you I'm way too good to you You take my love for granted I just don't understand it No, I'm too good to you I'm way too good to you You take my love for granted I just don't understand it I don't know how to talk to you together out of the four collaborations i'm not going to count the lemon remix now that would have been five but the lemon remix drake's verse was trash but anyways out of those four they always had great chemistry it's said that drake had to get a little weird and that 
now it's very impossible that they will ever work together anymore which is sad because again they made some great music together and if y'all ever noticed this too not no you know on some conspiracy type shit right quick all right so on rihanna's albums whenever she works with drake the titles always start with a w what's my name and work when drake works with rihanna on his albums the titles start with a t take care and too good hey <laughs> but um and then we'll back to work too now work was my shit the production party next door on the pen that song like the production just pushed you in the zone and then also too rihanna going back to her caribbean roots and everything like that was super cool and bringing that to the forefront on radio because at that point we had justin bieber doing his little sorry song or whatever and we wasn't gonna let that fly so we had to bring some real shit back and thank you rihanna for bringing it back to the charts and then the work video as well well the two videos the first one that little x directed or mr x or director x whoever who goes by this week he directed rihanna's the replay video so the go full circle years later and do the work video and it shot in toronto at this um jamaican spot it's like okay it's giving the ponder replay feels but more grown and you know again drake was living his best life having rihanna grind up on him and stuff like that and same in the second video whether it's in the room by themselves around with the long black hair and titties all on display that's one thing too rihanna's not afraid to let the titties show on any of those eras between unapologetic and well shit i feel like talk that talk she did too i'm pretty sure she showed her jiggy jaws during the talk that talk era but jiggy jaws on full display no fucks in the world the needed me video all on display on front street and again rihanna got she just it was just like her expressing her sexuality but also her creativity and it didn't seem like trashy enough it just felt artsy like and that's what i loved about it and again, I wish we had a video for Too Good as well. That was a good song, but it is what it is. So now, it leads us to where we are now. No new album. <laughs> the wait has been real. The Navy has been in such dire need of a new album that it's been sickening to the point where, again, we're streaming the fuck out of the anti-album. Like it's brand new every year. I know I do every anniversary. I always listen to the album before. And there's times I always listen to the album in between and stuff like that. But it's like, damn, still no Rihanna album. No announcement. All those times she lied to us and gave us false hopes and dreams. Ugh. But we still forgive her, though. Because why not? It's Rihanna. <laughs> but in the meantime as well, she's been doing the thing with the Savage X Fenty line, which has some Savage X Fenty, too. And let me tell you all about Savage X Fenty. Rihanna. Clap, clap, bravo, because those are some comfortable-ass underwear. The men's line, those boxes are comfortable as hell. The pajamas, the robe is so feels so good against my skin. I'm telling you, like, if you haven't invested in any Savage S Fenty yet, please do. And I always hear good things from the females, too, as far as Savage S Fenty is concerned. But I know for men, like, I know the, the boxes fit perfect, everything. Like, it's it's the best. And I don't even spend money like that. I'm... I'm like, yo, let me just get some hangs real quick and some Fruit of the Looms. But I actually would spend the bag for some Rihanna Savage X Fenty because it feels good and it's great quality. And even though you wash it and dry it, you don't see no straggling strings or anything like Everything is still put in place. So it's like, y'all really, to the sewers, y'all did the damn thing with that material. Thank you. <laughs> um, but then also, again, Savage X um, Fenty and then the beauty, Fenty Beauty been killing it in the makeup game that's what we call the avon lady because she said i can make super bags off of this why do i don't need to go back to music 
And so every year, every magazine interview, she says it's coming this year, and then it's not, and she gives little details here and there. Hell, I'm still waiting on the collaboration with the Neptunes with Pharrell. Because y'all know I love the Neptunes. I love Pharrell. I love Chad Hugo. Like, that's my top producers of all time. And they're from the 757 as well, from Virginia Beach. And so I've always wanted to hear what the collaboration was going to be like. And then we got the sense of it on Lemon, which a great banger as well. And it was a big hit. And then Rihanna had another big hit as well with DJ Khaled on Wild Thoughts, which she performed during the um, Super Bowl halftime show. And I did a little, her little choreography too was cute. I liked it. And so now, she also, at the same time, in 2017, this one she was just releasing the, I think Rihanna was telling us something, too. She was like, let me get all these, let me get the album out in 2016, but let me hit you up with all these other songs in 2016 and 2017, all these other collabos and stuff like that, because I'm going to be taking a break. And even though she gave us Believe It, we're part of that story in 2020 and little stuff here and there in 2019, like with Lemon, but it's like, yeah. We haven't had a full release in a long time. And then we also can't forget about her very, 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 very great feature with K. Uh, Dye with Kendrick Lamar on Loyalty off the damn album, which they won a Grammy for. One of my favorite videos as well, directed by Dave Myers, which was classic to me. I love it. And so we got those things. And so we're going to get into the collab era of Rihanna in the later years before we get to where we are now. So let's get into it. Another one. Another one. We the best music. DJ Khaled. I don't know if you could take it. No, you wanna see me naked, naked, naked. I wanna be a baby, baby, baby. Spinning in his wedges like he came from Maytag. Rocker with sit on the brown like When I get like this, I can't be around you. I'm too lit to dim down and I. Cause I can into things that I'm gon' do Wow, wow, wow Wow, 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 thoughts Wow, wow, wow When I'm with you, all I get is wild thoughts Wow, wow, wow When I'm with you, all I get is wild thoughts Let's go! Right now. I get it how I live it. Wait a minute. I live it how I get it. Wait. Come Wait to motherfucking minute. digits. I pull it with a lemon. Not cause she ain't living. Wait. It's just Wait your eyes get acidic. And this ain't Wait. a scrimmage. A Motherfucker, we ain't finished. Wait. I told you minute. we won't stop. A nigga by the business. Like yours, but you're renting. Wait. Wave low to the top. Nigga, the bay wrong glide. Tell the paparazzi, get the lens right. Got the window down top, blown lock. Got the hazard on. And let me go back to the Wild Thoughts too, with DJ Khaled and Bryson Tiller. Their performance at the Grammys was, every, I love the performance. Now, I can't find the performance nowhere online either, but that was one of my, that was a really great performance too. It was last minute, but it was a great performance. Like the whole setup and everything like that, Rihanna doing a little jig and stuff. I loved it. And Lemon, again, 
was so hard and it was like damn i really can't wait to hear what neptunes and rihanna came up with for her album which hopefully those songs still make the see the light of the day but i i love i just want to see that collaboration because limit was everything and then again she did nothing's promise when mike will made it and she did other little collaborations uh selfish with future like she did stuff here and there but now here we are current time super bowl halftime show after being avon lady for so long and then being the becoming the mother last year so the timing for super bowl was crazy because of the fact that they've been asking her for like the past 10 years to do the super bowl and of course i think i mentioned this before but the whole Colin Kaepernick situation and taking a knee. And that's why she was like, no, I'm not going to do it because all of us was beefing against the NFL at that point. We we're like, yo, we're not going to support this shit. And also what well, the true people was standing to their word was not doing it. I can't say anything else for other people, but I know I wasn't watching any games for a minute because I'm like, yo, it's unfair. And then Rock Nation stepped in, started producing the halftime show. And now we have Apple Music doing it. So the promo was heavy for this one. And I remember seeing her interview uh, the press release or the press conference rather and she was talking about how she's gonna have a special guest and everything like that and so i'm thinking okay maybe it's gonna be drake maybe it's gonna be asap rocky because pretty much the only thing her asap rocky ever did was the fashion killer video and then the cockiness remix so it was like okay that can't be it possibly because i know they're gonna not gonna let her perform i love it, i love it, i love it when you eat it on stage but they did let her perform pour it up though as far as i got by the nfl people because you know they'd be real mad strict but anyways um but the special guest ended up being baby fancy number two and when they zoomed on her face before bitch but i had my money started it was just like i'm ready for you like around had that look like I'm, I'm ready to kill this shit i'm ready for you let's get it and the camera shout out to the camera team shout out to the editing room like everyone who was a part of the production behind the scenes like the camera work was the camera people were on it at all times like they were on their spots there was no missed marks at all that like everyone was on their fucking job and me being the creative that i am where i just love to see everything visually as you know and just like to see everything come together i love seeing how everything was pieced together again from the stage concept to the outfits to the choreography to the placement of songs adam blackstone how he missed some of those songs and like he put numb with pour it up and then pour it up went to pose and then her little choreography too shot the paris and rounder wasn't doing too much because of the fact that she's pregnant so of course we weren't going to expect her to do a fallout eight count but she did what she needed to be done and the choreography was so cute and it was so fun to look at i'm like the little one thing she do doing all of the lights the little it sounded like a little um a little penguin walk or something I, I liked it with the hands out and stuff like that. The pose little breakdown choreography was cute. Her doing the little makeup break before all of the lights because she know we always making them jokes that this is going to be a commercial for Fenty Beauty instead and not an actual performance because she hadn't done music in a long time. And a lot of people too was nervous about her actually, okay, why would she do the performance? Is she going to come out with a greatest hits album afterwards? Is, is it going to be the music or anything like that? And no, but what made it, perfect was that again it celebrated her discography for the past 17 18 years which is crazy like the thing of the amount of hits that she have and that's not even including the future the features and also not even getting going over her number one songs like all the 14 number one hits like she has so many hits it's crazy the hits after hits after hits is wow and so doing all of the lights and then doing 
Run This Town, the stadium anthems, because those are very big stadium songs, and Closing Out With Diamonds. The Diamonds performance was so beautiful. Like, vocally, it, it just, it was just perfect. Like, everything was so, it was such a great, entertaining 13 minutes. And the first half, you could tell, like, Rihanna was just like, yo, let me make sure I get this shit popping. But then the second half of the performance, you could tell, like, yo, I'm having fun now. Like, she was really legit on having fun. Like, she wasn't thinking too much in her head. Like, she was just like, I'm just out here having fun now. And I'm kind of hoping that this kind of lifted her spirits up to say, hey, I can get back to this music shit. Like, they really miss me. Because just seeing her reaction after doing Diamonds, performing that, and the fireworks go off, and the lights in the crowd from their phones are all around the stadium. And just seeing how she's looking out, like I'm looking at her reaction, just seeing how she's looking out to the crowd and stuff like that, and just taking it all in. It's like, yo, Rihanna, like the people have really missed you musically. Like, we, yes, we see you being a mother. Yes, we see you with the businesses, but the music is where it all started at. That's where the journey began. And so we really missed you for that. Like, even people who aren't Rihanna fans, who just are occasional Rihanna listeners, if they hear the song on the radio or they just happen to know the song, it's like, People miss genuinely missed Rihanna, and again with the performance at the halftime show, she didn't have to do too much because the hits spoke for themselves. And although Baby Fenty Number Two was a surprise guest from the womb, the fact that she didn't need any special guests on that stage with her at all, like she held this down on her own. With, of course, with the dancers and stuff, but I mean just as the performer, she held it down on her own. And it was the red outfit. Everything was pieced together. I'm still surprised she performed Bitch But I Have My Money, though, and opened it with that. Because I was like, that's a very stadium song. But again, I'm still sometimes thinking the mindset of, okay, how they demonized Janet's performance back in the day and how they had to soften up the Super Bowl halftime shows after 2004, and it became some lame-ass shows since then. No disrespect to the artists who performed after the fact, but it became very boring. And so they started picking back up. And so they're starting to let stuff slide back in now a little bit, you know. And we, of course, there's still going to be the people who are very conservative who's like, oh, my gosh, what is this happening right now? And like Trump orange ass talking about his dusty, crunchy orange Cheeto ass talking about, oh, Rihanna's performance was whack or not whack, but it was bad. You know, basic um, Republican racist bullshit anyways. But I thought Rihanna did perfect. She did great. And... We're getting, hopefully, one more performance from her. And I'm going to tell you why. So, end of late last year, uh, there were pictures circulating that Rihanna's going to the studio. She went, like, three days in a row or something like that. And I was just like, oh, is she there to support ASAP Rocky? Is she there to actually record some new music? Or is this for a fancy soundbite or something? This for the fashion show? What is this for? Or is she just there to look at the pretty buttons on the soundboard? But no, it turns out she was recording new music for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And one of the songs was Born Again, which was um, co-written by The Dream and James Fauntleroy. Again, two people who worked amazingly well with Rihanna at all times. And then the lead single, Lift Me Up, which was co-written by Ryan Coogler, Tim's. I, I love Tim's, damn. That's my Nigerian sister there. And Rihanna herself. And the song came out, and it was I loved it immediately. Cause I was like, oh, this is very soft. People were just worrying, is Rhonda going to give us some lullaby-ass music? And yes, this has lullaby background shot Ludwig on there. 
but it's very the way it plays into the movie and it's tribute to to chat with Bozeman and to the character Black Panther it was so beautiful like the lyrics to the song it just hits and just the music everything and then vocally too Rihanna this is her honestly she's had some great vocal moments but this is like one of her best vocal moments as a recent because this is like grown woman mommy vocals Rihanna here like this is a different level and that just makes me more excited to see where Rihanna's going vocally so this goes back to the original point of this conversation so at the Golden Globes it was nominated for best original song and it lost unfortunately to some other song that I don't know they're trying to make that a Jaho part two but anyways but now it's nominated at the upcoming 2023 Academy Awards so she's Oscar nominated now alongside Tens and Ryan Coogler and Ludwig and so I am hoping that usually when an artist is nominated for or a song is nominated for best original song at the Oscars, they perform there. And so we may begin another round of performance very soon in March. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, we get that performance because y'all kept bullying her into not doing Lift Me Up at the damn Super Bowl halftime show, which I thought would have fit in perfectly, mixed in with diamonds possibly. But I love it. Like y'all doing these memes, if she performs Lift Me Up, I'm going to turn off the TV. Y'all like Lift Me Up? I think I think it's a very, very, very beautiful song. And again, when you look at Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which is now on Disney Plus, by the way, it ties in so well at the end. It's just so emotional. And the song is emotional in itself. So y'all continue to still stream and listen to Lift Me Up. It debuted at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. So again, that full circle moment on the show, how her first single was number two on the Billboard 200 chart. And now Lift Me Up, her recent single was number two at, on the Billboard 200 chart. So... Let's get into Lift Me Up here, but before I go, I want to let you all know that if not ready, you can listen to us on, and the Doc Report podcast as well, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Pandora, Google, and I'm always pretty sure I'm missing somewhere, but listen to all those places where you listen to your podcast, check me out on Twitter at MRDOC, Instagram MR underscore DOC. TikTok, the doc report. I do have some funny moments on there as well. <laughs> but um, yes, everyone, uh, as we always say on FNL Radio, don't bust people's heads with bottles, use your words. That's it for FNL Radio. It's your boy Doc. But again, people continue to listen to the show. And also, good luck to Tim's and Rihanna and everyone else at the Oscars. Hopefully, y'all win. Supporting everyone black. Hey, hey. And also, happy 35th birthday to Rihanna. And congratulations on baby number two. But thank you all for tuning in. Check out next time. Peace. Let's